Welcome to Blind Date with a Book, the podcast where three literary matchmakers set you up with your next great read using only dating app questions like, do you consider yourself a romantic? What is your dream Saturday? If tattoos only lasted one year, what would you get? What's your go-to karaoke song? This is Blind Date with a Book. Prepare to fall in love. Welcome to Blind Date with a Book, the podcast that sets you up with your book, Meet Cute. I'm one of your hosts, Rachel Manns McKenney, and I'm an author and book reviewer from the Midwest. I'm Elena Nicolau, and I'm a senior entertainment editor at Today.com. I'm Kristen Evans, a book critic and culture writer based in Cleveland, Ohio. And today we're setting up Pia Wilson, a playwright, podcast writer, and staff writer for the upcoming season of National Geographic's series Genius, Aretha Franklin, and BET Sacrifice. She's the writer of the new fiction podcast, If I Go Missing, The Witches Did It. She's the recipient of dozens of awards and fellowships, including being a 2015 Sundance Fellow, receiving a 2020 Newark Creative Catalyst Grant, and being playwright in residence at Marshall and Middlebury Colleges. She recently loved Circe and Whatever Happened to Interracial Love but is put off by books that are too violent toward women. She's a self-proclaimed romantic who's studying Italian and is a snob about coffee, bourbon, and hotel rooms. She loves when people can tell long, funny stories and effortlessly host like Ina Garten. We'll use our extremely scientific process of examining answers to dating app questions like these to help Pia make a match with a great book. Pia, welcome! Thank you! I'm so excited to be here talking to you all. Okay, so we have to ask, we were talking a little bit off air about bourbon. So what bourbon should we try if we are newbies to that field? Well, I'm just gonna say Four Roses is a really nice, simple, lovely bourbon to start with. It's easy, it's smooth, it's not too expensive. And then you can jump off of that platform into other bourbons. Four Roses. Okay, I love that. I will have to give that one a shot. I have never tried any before. And similarly, I come from a theater background, but I really have not read any plays in the past oh, wow. 10 years. So can you recommend a few playwrights we should have our on our oh radar? Gosh, yes. Uh, Katori Hall is always, um, she's a wonderful playwright. Dominique Morisot, also an amazing playwright. Um, if you want to see a great play, I would s- check out... Um, Alice Childress play Trouble in Mind at Roundabout Theater right now. It's on Broadway. Lynn Nottage, amazing. Susan Laurie Parks is also like legendary. And those are some great playwrights to start with. Oh my gosh, you're exploding my to read list. I love this. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yes. I'm always happy to talk about theater. I didn't realize there was an Alice Childress play that was being staged currently in New York. That's cool. Yeah, it's um, actually it's first time on Broadway. It was supposed to go back. It was wow. supposed to go on Broadway in 1957, I want to say. But the uh, producers wanted her to change the play. And she said no. And it's so relevant to today as well, because it's about um, being a Black artist in theater. And uh, it's really funny. It's like a show within the show. And, and it could be written today. And so um, she stood her ground. And this is actually the first time it's on Broadway, like it was supposed to be. So excited. I loved it. I was laughing out loud when I saw it. My mom went to see it. And she's been trying to get me to go. And I think she's going to be really excited to know that she she was like, right. Like she was like, she's going to say a playwright was on your show. And I'm right because she said it was cool. So (laughs) 
when I saw you're a playwright, I was really curious about how your background affects your fiction reading appetite. Like does, does your background as a playwright affect how you play, how you read fiction? Do you read the dialogue a lot more carefully, for example? Well, you know what I love about um, novels is that they can um, describe everything around them. Uh, that's why I find writing um, fiction more dense because in a play you have to craft everything via dialogue. But in a novel, they're telling you what the curtain looks like, what the person looks like. And in the art of it is not overwhelming me so much that my in, my um, imagination is not sparked, but also give me enough material to know what's really there. Um, so I appreciate descriptions and and the beauty of that. Well, when did you first fall in love with writing plays? Um, theater was, I came to theater later. I wanted to be the great American novelist first. And then I was like, ah, this is not working out. Let me try something else. And then, um, I went to film and I wanted to be a, um, a filmmaker. And right now I'm writing film scripts as well. But then I, um, was introduced to this Parisian actress and she needed a play. She needed a two-hander play. And I was like, I could do that. I can write that. That's no problem. And uh, so that that was my first play that I wrote. And I want to say that was about 13 years ago. And then I got into the uh, Emerging Writers Group at the Public Theater. And that was my foray into writing for theater. I have a question. I just um, attended a play for the first time since the pandemic happened two years ago. Yes. Last night, actually, I went to a small workshop production at Cleveland State University. The students did a really wonderful job. And I was wondering what it's been like for you working through the pandemic, especially because theater depends on the physical location so often. And just like what that experience was like and how things are for you now. Well, you know, it's so interesting during the pandemic, you know, people were like, what are we going to do? What's happening? And then I did a couple of readings of my different plays on Zoom for different theaters. And that's a totally different experience. You know, Zoom theater is not quite the same. So you're happy to hear your words spoken by actors who know what they're doing. But at the same time, you're like, I wish I was in person. This would be amazing in person. And so I recently, uh, I've been going to theater in New York, but also I recently flew down to Dallas because I have a friend who has a play down there about Kim Jong-un. It's hilarious. This coming of age story at Dallas Arts Theater Center. It was great to see it in, in person and just to have the energy flow between us, all the audience members, and then, you know, seeing the actors online, live on stage. That energy exchange is this, it's irreplaceable. Writing is different because there's, there was this tension in the air, kind of, you know, and you're absorbing that as a creative person. So it was a little hard to write maybe as much as I've written before or be as prolific as I was before. But I started a new play the other, earlier this week, actually. So it's coming back. We love to hear that. Yeah. Besides being super busy and working on new stuff, what what keeps you from reading? Drinking bourbon. <laughs> um, <laughs> socializing, you know, I would say that's probably um, the biggest thing for, for um, keeping me from reading, but also that I 
have to read for work purposes. Like if I'm adapting something uh, into a TV series or making, you know, creating my my vision for it, then I have to read a lot of stuff related to that project. I have to read that book or whatever. Um, So that doesn't leave a lot of time for me to find stuff that I really love. That makes complete sense. Well, we hope that we can hook you with a couple of books that you can't, you will like tell people to go away so that you can find a corner to read with your bourbon. That's our our hope today. Yes. (laughs) So Pia, over the next two rounds, we'll each introduce you to books that we love. So we get points based on how much you like the, the book dates that we set you up on. So you win no matter what with six great recommendations, but one of us will win by being this week's best matchmaker. So if we win, we get to play for our favorite indie bookstores and link to them in the show notes. So today I'm going to be playing for Montana Book Company in Helena, Montana. Elena, who are you playing for? I'll be playing for Loyalty Bookstore in Silver Spring, Maryland. And how about you, Kristen? What indie bookstore are you playing for? I'm playing for Gramercy Books in Columbus, Ohio. Okay, Pia, get ready for your literary meet cute. Let's hear about your first pick from Elena. Okay, Pia, the instant I saw that you're learning Italian and have an obsession with Stanley Tucci's obsession with Italian food, I knew exactly what book to recommend. The 2019 memoir From Scratch by Tembi Locke begins with a fateful trip to Italy, but aren't all trips to Italy somewhat fateful? From there, the entire beginning sequence of the memoir reads like a movie. Tembi, then a college student, goes to Florence for a study abroad program. She meets a gorgeous Italian guy on a moped, because of course she does. He's a chef, because of course he is. They fall in love instantly, and it's not just some study abroad fling. It's an enduring kind of love, one that can weather transatlantic distances and sorrows disapproving Sicilian family. For years, his family won't accept that he has chosen to be in a relationship with a black American woman. So Sorrow leaves Italy and he and Tembi build a life together in the United States with Tembi pursuing a career as an actress. She's been on shows like The Mentalist, Castle and Bones and Sorrow as a chef. They impart their love for Italy on their daughter Zoella and teach her to speak Italian. In the second part of the memoir, after tragedy strikes, Tembi finds the only people in the world who can understand her pain are the people who never accepted her. Tembi and her daughter Zoella spend three summers in Sicily trying to make up for lost time and trying to see if the deepest gaps can be bridged. The memoir is the definition of a tearjerker, just a warning, but the book also has 16 recipes in it so you can eat your feelings out as you read. This is From Scratch by Tembi Locke. Okay, so Elena's first round pick is From Scratch by Tembi Locke. Okay, Kristen, what's your first round pick? Once again, following Elena is no easy feat. Pia, what struck me most about your questionnaire is how exuberant it was. You mentioned romantic brunches, imaginary strolls with Keanu Reeves, your quest to master Italian, your love of summer ease and Ina Garden. I wanted to pick something that was energetic and artistic and filled with goodwill. And since Elena has found romance, has um, found romance of food in Italy and has those all covered with her pick, I decided to take us to London instead. Um, Girl, Woman, Other is the novel that won Bernadine Evaristo the Booker Prize, and it opens on an opening night. As Alma, a playwright, tries to calm her jitters, she's been working tirelessly on the edges of the theater community for decades, and now she's finally getting her big break, directing her own play at the National Theater. Sitting in the audience is Alma's daughter, Yaz, a 19-year-old university student who aspires to being a writer, but is also trying to emerge from her mother and father's respective shadows. 
The book's paragraphs and sentences are loose, almost formally unbound by punctuation. It's very formally inventive. The language that propels each of these 12 narrators is rich and rhythmic, and it carries you from voice to voice and woman to woman in a kind of mad dash through history and the city of London. Evaristo powerfully examines the way stories about Black women's lives are told and shared, bringing to the center what is often left on the periphery. As I was researching this book, though, I did remember, after having not read this for a couple of years, that there is one very brief instance of sexual assault in one of the narratives. It moves away really quickly and doesn't, in my mind, diminish what is otherwise a sprawling, beautiful novel about Black women from across a single city and centers on a Black playground. All right. So Kristen's first round pick is Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. And it seems unfair how good that pick is. I actually am still extremely confident about my first round pick. So a few things from your questionnaire stood out to me right away, Pia. So first of all, you say that you're a romantic and that you don't like books that demonstrate violence towards women, me either. So you say that one book that you recently loved and read was Circe. And I can't think of a book that's made me as excited about reinvented mythologies as the 2021 debut novel, The Witch's Heart by Genevieve Gornacek. It's a retelling of the Norse myth of Ragnarok from the point of view of Loki's kind of wife, Argnaboda. So Argnaboda is really richly imagined, extremely funny, and an incredibly grudging romantic whose favorite aspect of her best friend, like yours, is their ride or die mentality toward friendship. So this book bends gender in really beautiful ways, and its plot is utterly compelling even if you, like me, haven't studied Norse myths before. So bonus points for an audiobook that is stunningly performed. The dialogue in this book sings. So it highly, highly recommended and I cannot wait for whatever Gornichek has to release next, which will no doubt fascinate me again on a topic I didn't think I cared about. Okay, so our first round picks for you are uh, Elena's pick, which is From Scratch by Tembi Locke. Kristen's first round pick, which is Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo, and my first round pick, The Witch's Heart by Genevieve Gornacek. Um, do you want to tell us which one you would pick, Pia? Oh my god. First of all, these are all fantastic picks. I can't even tell you I'm laughing at myself. I'm gonna go with From Scratch because of the, um, it's a memoir. I'm like already adapting it in my mind. I'm like, I love it all already so much um but i it was so close i mean i loved london i had a, a british boyfriend for a while it's like long long distance and i also love mythology so much and the that loki tv show but i i can't resist the recipes in from scratch i saw that pick from elena and i was just like oh my god elena i can't believe you found that Oh, exactly. Man. It look it sounds amazing. Yeah, to be fair, this is a book that came across my desk and I picked it up. I loved the cover and I re have recommended it to like everyone. Like I've bought copies for people. It really moved me and I come from a family that's like that. Like my dad's family didn't approve of my mom. She was American, so it really spoke to me and I think it I think it'll just speak to like a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. Whether you like Italy, it'll speak to you. Whether you have difficult in-laws, it'll speak to you and it is being adapted into a movie so sorry Pia you're, you're a little <laughs> <Okay>. behind <laughs> I fell behind I'm, I'm sure I'll be watching it whatever they're whatever they do sounds amazing love it okay so after a wonderful first round where I'm gonna pick up the other two books for sure we have Elena with 20 points and Kristen and I ready to get back into round two and impress you some more <laughs>
Welcome back to round two of Blind Date with a Book. We are recommending books to Pia Wilson this episode, and we are ready to jump in with some more great recommendations. So Elena, do you want to let us know your second round pick? Yes, I do. Okay, so Pia, I was struck by one of the answers in your questionnaire. When we asked if you were born in the right era, you answered yes, that there will always be tumult in any time period. But whereas the past in America was dangerous for Black people, you can help make the future now. My next recommendation is all about a group of people reckoning with America's past and its immediate future at the same time and in a very tangible way. Think of it as the apocalypse novel for history majors. The book is My Monticello, a debut collection of short stories written by Jocelyn Nicole Johnson and published in 2021. Johnson is a school teacher and her debut is being adapted by Netflix amid a lot of buzz, largely because of the cinematic quality of the titular story, which is the length of a novella. The world in My Monticello has been on the brink of collapse for a while, and then it finally happens. Denisha Love, our narrator, witnesses a group of white men, once her neighbors, band together under the banner of white supremacy. Hunted by this militia, she brings her beloved grandmother and her boyfriend back to a place she feels is rightfully hers, Monticello, Thomas Jefferson's historic home. Denisha is a direct descendant of Jefferson and Sally Hemings, the enslaved woman with whom he had six children. They're joined in this historic mansion by a multicultural group of neighbors, all reclaiming their part in the American story as it reaches what might be its final chapter. Johnson weaves in commentary about the Constitution and reckons with the American legacy of slavery, all while telling a story of survival. Her observations are razor sharp throughout. I especially appreciated the subtle differences in Denisha and her boyfriend, who is White's point of view during this time. When they ask for help, Knox wonders, what if nobody comes? Denisha worries, on the other hand, what if somebody comes? Some divides cannot be breached even at the end of the world, but they'll need to seek alignment if they're going to keep going in this new normal. And that is My Monticello by Jocelyn Nicole Johnson. Okay, so Elena's first round pick is My Monticello by Jocelyn Nicole Johnson. Okay, Kristen, give us your second round pick. Okay. Yeah, I'm always, as a writer myself, looking for things that are kind of outside of outside of my the genre that I'm working in um, to fill up my well. And I'm I love learning about other people's obsessions and and especially if those obsessions are presented in very beautiful and moving ways. And this book is no exception. Amy Nizika Matatil's collection of essays, World of Wonders, is an ode to joy and resilience in the form of a natural compendium. So every essay is about kind of like a natural wonder. The opening essay is about the Catalpa tree and its luscious shade, which evokes a childhood memory of the author's mother, reminding her daughters to stay out of the sun. It then catapults us into the present-day American South, where Nizika Matatel contemplates her own challenges as a mother in contemporary America. Like Emily Dickinson, she wonders whether it might be easier to be an anonymous nobody, beholden to no one's questions about her body. Nazika Matatel hops from fireflies to narwhals, peacocks to butterflies, demonstrating how curiosity and memory fuel one another. In this carefully crafted collection, every element of the natural world offers an opening into the past and a pathway toward a deeper understanding of the present. Okay, so Kristen's round two pick is World of Wonders by Amy Nazika Matatel. All right, so you say that you were born in the right time period and that a thing that amazes you about other people is perfect hosting abilities and the ability to draw someone in with a long, funny story. And this made me think of my absolute favorite read of 2021, Sankofa by Chibundu Onuzo. So this book centers on 
Anna, and after the death of her mother, she stumbles upon a diary left by the father she never met. He was a visiting student from Africa to England in the 1970s. She meets him for the first time in these pages as he got wrapped up in the political movements of the day. The book focuses on Anna's journeys, emotional and physical, as she figures out what it means to be a woman in her 50s, suddenly not taking care of anyone, but also not cared for in meaningful ways. She travels to find her father after finding out that he's the former president of a West African nation. I've honestly never read a book that was so tender that was also so unputdownable. The plot gets really interesting and very in-depth with political intrigue and family intrigue as well. The title Sankofa is a bird in West African myth that teaches that you have to go back to your roots in order to move forward, which definitely is honest story in a nutshell. I read more than 170 books in 2021, and this was my favorite. This was the one whose voice and heart stood out to me the most. So I highly recommend Sankofa by Chibundu Anuzo. All right. So your second round picks are Elena's Pick, which is My Monticello by Jocelyn Nicole Johnson. Kristen's Round Two Pick, which is World of Wonders by Amy Nizika Matatil. And my Round Two Pick, Sankofa by Chibundu Anuzo. Okay, Pia, what do you think? I am going to choose Sankofa by Chibundu Onuzu. Uh, I am a such a daddy's girl. It's insane. And I like the premise of discovering him at first through his diaries. That is just, it seems like a, a story that's catnip to me. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to dive into it. And I don't think it's been picked up for adaptation yet. I might be wrong, but no, like literally you need to sit down. It's there you go. It's fantastic. It's been getting rave reviews. Yeah, and it's out from Catapult, which is one of my favorite presses. They just do such excellent work that's that deserves even more attention than it gets. Yeah, no, I, it sounds amazing. But where this leaves us at the end of round two is that Elena has 20 points for her excellent first round of the memoir that you'd like to read from scratch by Tembi Locke. And I have 20 points because of my recommendation of Sankofa. So... If you were actually going on a blind date or you were on a, a blind date website, you would, you know, if you had two people whose personality you liked equally, you would pick the hotter person to date. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what we're going to do, Pia, is have you open a browser window okay. and look at the, and look at the two covers. We're going to also describe them out loud so that our listeners don't have to go through all of that. We'll, we'll try to use our best adjectives to help people understand them as well. And then you're going to pick at the end of our descriptions based purely off which you like, which cover you like the best. So give us okay. a second to pull these up. Okay. So the cover, the first time I saw the cover from, from scratch, I just assumed that the two people who are on the cover were actors or that they were like, you know, it was a stage photo shoot because they are so good looking and they look so in love. And I'm like, yeah, that has to be just like, you know, some really smart marketer. But no, that literally is the author and her husband, Sorrow. And they're just a gorgeous couple. And she's sitting in what must be a wedding dress. I think these are their wedding wedding photos, looking off to the side. And he's just like, looks like he's smelling her neck. He just, he adores her. You know, it's like, you cannot make up that kind of gaze. And he has that... <laughs> Sicilian face and it seems like they're in Italy so the whole thing you can tell like this is an Italian love story and it really captures like the love that powers this entire memoir in that one picture and it's very warm it's at the book is as warm as 
the cover makes it seem. And it also has the Reese's Book Club stamp of approval in the bottom left corner. So you'll, you'll know that you have a lot of people you can talk about this book with. And then it says from scratch and sort of an elegant font because this really is a love story and you can tell that from the cover. So that is the very, very wonderful cover of From Scratch. Okay. So for the cover of Sankofa, it's actually one of my favorite covers of the year. I love the mixture of blue and green with these lovely gold deckled spots on the top and the bottom. Um, And then uh, Chibundu's name is sort of in a gray color that fades into the background just slightly. um, And Sankofa is on the top in a dark black. So that's the font work and the colors. But the centerpiece of the front cover is this very intriguing gold illustration. When I was first looking at the book, I thought that maybe it was a nautilus shell. And I thought it sort of represented that sort of circular nature or returning to your roots in some way. But I think the more you look at it, the more meanings it takes on. And I really think it is a picture of that mythical bird that's referenced, um, the Sankofa. And so it's one of those covers that you carry with you as you read the book and you keep on trying to figure out what the pieces mean as you put it together. And I think that's something really artful in its simplicity there. And depending on the version that you get, it might also have a Reese's book club stamp of approval on it. So this is like Reese's versus Reese's here. I feel like this is very serious competition. Okay, Pia, which would you choose to pick up off the shelf purely based on the cover alone? Purely based on the cover, I would go for From Scratch. Because he's looking at her so adoringly and she's so cute and she's so happy. I couldn't resist it. Oh, I love that. Okay, so Elena is this week's winner. So we will be linking in our show notes to Loyalty Bookstore. Congratulations, Elena. Thank you, but I really can't take it. It's all sorrow. It's all the way he looks at her. I agree. Yeah. That's just the look, right? That's what we're all looking for. It's so sweet. It reminds me of my parents like... um, my dad, they were married for 30 years. And my dad, like, even when he had um, Alzheimer's, he, when my mom came to visit him, he would be like, who's that pretty lady over there? So oh, like that kind, of, that. that kind of adoration, um, always, I'm a sucker for it every time. Pia, we are so glad you could join us today. When does your podcast launch? My podcast is out. It's available wherever you get your podcast. It's called If I Go Missing. The Witches Did It, and it's about a an African-American writer who runs afoul of this coven of social media influencers who are also witches. Not oh, great. I love it. Where, where else can we find you on the internet if we want to learn more about you? Uh, you can go to PiaWilson.com, or I'm always on Twitter and Instagram at PWilson720. And Elena, winner, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at at Elena Wonders. And Kristen, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at at Paper Alphabet, P-A-P-E-R Alphabet. And you can find me on the internet at R.M. McKenney on Twitter or at Rachel Mann's McKenney on Instagram. If you live in the great state of Iowa, you might even see me live at a bookstore or library near you in 2022. And you can go to my website, rachelmansmckenney.com for more information on that. Thank you so much for joining us all today. You can find all the books that we talked about in our show notes and the buy links all go to today's winning bookstore, Loyalty Bookstore. You can find our show online at blinddatewithabookpod.com and at bookmeetcute on Twitter and Instagram. Please follow us and tell us all the books that you've fallen in love with recently. Thanks for listening to Blind Date with a Book. 
Our show is produced and co-hosted by Kristen Evans, Rachel Mance McKenney, and Elena Nicolau. Our showrunner is Rachel Mance McKenney, and our sound editor is Elena Nicolau. Kristen Evans handles web design and newsletter production. Our theme music was written by Alex Bozzi, and our logo was designed by Chelsea Hill. If you like today's show, please subscribe, rate, and review Blind Date with a Book on Apple Podcasts. Ratings make it even easier for other listeners to find us and join the fun. We'll be back in two weeks with a new guest and more books to recommend. Until then, we hope you're falling for the next book on your TBR pile, whatever it might be.